Welcome back to Kafaru Cast, everyone. I am your solo co-host today, Aaron Snyder. Frank is just doing real live actual work today, and I decided not to. And uh, we've got a guy, super cool dude that I've known for a long time. Uh, one of the uh, people that kind of that started it all, or one of the, uh, I guess his family started it all really in the Western hunting side of things, uh, Ike Eastman's with uh, Eastman's Hunting Journal. Ike, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, Snyder. Thanks for having me. It's uh it's always a blast to sit and chat with you. We've we've had a, a bunch of laughs over the years and, and I'm looking forward to some more of that. Hopefully the hopefully your audience isn't completely bored with my antics and my punny, dry sense of humor. No, I'm sure not. I've got a way of livening things up one way or another. Um, anyway, so we're good. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, is that chemically enhanced, really? I, I gotta ask you that. Is that what? Chemically enhanced. I mean, are you like like half drunk most of the time or something you know no you know it's weird and i've calmed down a lot um in uh, uh in the last probably five or six years to a point my buddy asked if i was on chemicals to make me calm if you can believe that so if you can imagine what i'm like now <laughs> imagine me back then he's like dude you've really well, matured you've calmed down i'm like shit i'm still wound for sound yeah i remember when you and i first met you were you were uh we called you shell shock all the time because you were constantly in orbit yeah <laughs> I, I can't imagine what that would look like when you came down so i know well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you've calmed down a little bit yeah some somewhat i still don't i don't sleep a whole lot but um you know overall i have to say i am doing better uh growing up wise i I don't fly off the handle, at least not on the internet quite as much as I used to. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, some of the problem is that the, um, you've got so many different, um, you know, I mean, one personalities and things like that, but with, with social media, it's a great, um, place for people to learn at the click of a button. Uh, but a lot of people are forgetting, you know, how to learn what I feel the correct way. Like how, uh, well, yeah. your dad said something to me one time. Um, he goes, I can't remember. We were all standing there. It might've been me, you and your brother or me, or me, your brother and your dad. And he said, I don't understand what the hell happened to shoot a, shooting a spike, your first elk. And I was like, what do you yeah. mean? And he goes, I don't know how many people walked up to me today asking, I, I don't want to shoot a 350 bull, just a mature six by six. And they've never shot an elk before. Like what happened to kind of pay as you go and earn as you learn type of a thing. Yep. And I, yeah. I got to blame that shit on the internet. Um, you know what I mean? Like I learned to nav, yeah. you know, I learned animal behavior by being out there. And um, I don't know. What do you think about all that? You know what? He, he's always said that he's always said what what the hell happened to a 350 bull is not not a mature bull you know everybody's oh it's got to be 400 or nothing and uh i i have i agree with him this this day and age you have <laughs> i hate to use this term because it's even becoming pop culture but insta famous people that uh you know they they're able to take one one animal in their life and and make it sound you know use it to agnosium or take an animal, you know, there's situations in, in Instagram's infancy where a guy took a fricking bull on a ranch and tried to pass it off as, as a, as a, uh, that was a farm land do it yourself bull. That was a farm yeah. actually yeah. In, in Idaho. And he said he shot it in Wyoming, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you didn't know any better or, or, or 
did your research or you know had had a clue you'd think gosh that's that's amazing that was freaking awesome hunt then there's other people that do do you know shoot a 350 a 380 bull on public land and and use it to acknowledge for years people think it's a different elk i don't know i i think i think it's i think there's a lot said my first my first ever elk ever shot i'm here to tell you right now was a spike bull shot him at 250 yards with my dad seven millimeter um me and one of my high school friends were on public land in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. Uh, we took horses back there and there was a spike bull and a five point standing there with a bunch of cows. And it was, there was eight inches of snow on the ground and we did the whole rock scissors paper to which bull was going to get. And I got the spike and it was awesome. It was a freaking amazing experience. Actually it was a scary experience. We killed one of his horses on that trip, but, um, <laughs> slid down a, uh, slid down a, uh, shoot a, avalanche shoot and anyway it was a bad deal um but why you know those are the types of of hunts that you learn stuff from and you learn you know i was 14 15 years old and and uh, you learn things every day and that's a lot of guys don't don't i guess put in the time and effort to learn you said something really unique to learn animal behavior you know there's a lot of people um out there spending a ton of time learning you know what's that deer doing and why is he doing that or what's that elk doing and why is he doing that and not just during hunting season but in july and in march and then you know the months that there is no season and just learning the outdoor life and it's you know it's a it's a lifestyle it's uh one of the things that i've come to appreciate the older i get with my kids you know teaching them teaching them neat little things we were out the other day out in the pasture moving uh sprinkler and found a rattlesnake and so we had a little we had a little sit down with my eight-year-old and what a rattlesnake is and how how to you know avoid them why they make noise why they're doing this why they're doing that because it, it makes her smarter number one wandering around the pasture number two she has an appreciation for them and doesn't think doesn't think they're behind every single piece of sagebrush you know it's a it's a, it's an outdoor lifestyle. And when you say outdoor lifestyle, it's everything outdoors. No, for, Sorry, I got for sure. Buck there. No, no. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, and I talk shit all the time about all kinds of stuff just cause that's my personality. But I, you know, truly my, my heart is in it on the sense of people for people to learn, you know, and, and yeah. try to help them out. But there are times where I do feel like, you know, smacking the shit out of somebody from time to time. And generally that, <laughs> it, I mean, and, and it usually has to do something. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I will get pretty irritated when someone gives someone else a hard time if, for shooting a raghorn for their first elk. That bugs me. Like yeah. that meant yep. a lot. Now, by all means, give me shit because I should know better, but I still do it. But I, I have an excuse now. I have a recurse. <laughs> but if, you know, I, you, I, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, at least you admit it. And you know what? There's a progression in hunting. There's a progress. I've seen it for growing up in this industry. I've seen it a thousand times where, you know, it's all about, I just want to shoot something because of the meat, you know, shoot a cow. And a couple years later, it's like, man, okay, I, I've, I'm confident in my ability to shoot a cow. It's not, it's, you know, it's not as challenging as it once was. And hey, we're humans. We challenge ourselves. If you don't believe me, anybody that golfs or fishes is always looking for the be- the, the next big fish or the, the best swing, I guess. I don't golf, but I'm making that up. But we challenge ourselves to better ourselves. And so hunting, hunting is no different. And so it goes from 
substance to I want to shoot something with antlers to I want to shoot something that has branch antlers to, you know, I'm not going to shoot it unless it's 180 plus. And if I need to fill the freezer, I'll do that. I can do that in a day and a half, you know, and I'll shoot something that's easy and easy to pack out. And, you know, the experience is different. So, and in your case, you just can't keep the arrows put away. I understand that. There's no, I've been there. I, the progression, it's just, (laughs) I've, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, you haven't shot enough animals. Well, I think everyone's figured out that is not the case. Um, I'm laying them down (laughs) for, I think part of the problem or not problem. One of the reasons I think I find the recurve to be funner rather than going to a rifle is it does make it does take longer where with a compound especially yeah. the way i can shoot i mean truly yep. like what well, talking with amy my fiance you know she's all all new into this right like everything is new right and she kind of walked into a higher level of we we are successful on almost every hunt i'm not saying i'm you know you guys are chuck adams but we very rarely do we not come home with an animal and i was explaining to her i'm like look honey when the the deer stands up at 80 where most people don't have a chance i'm like oh i've got a pin for that and i shoot it you know i'm explaining to her these different you know kind of levels where with some gun hunters it's 200 yards other gun hunters anymore i mean you're talking 12 1300 yards for some guys and I told her, I was like, yeah. I kind of went backwards and it's really made me, um, I have to wait now. Like I don't, I'm almost a better hunter yeah. when I say trophy hunter, but truly like I'm almost better at shooting larger animals because I got to wait anyway. I can't shoot the dumb one got, at 80. You hobbled yourself with a, oh, yeah, yeah. with a traditional rig, which is cool. I, you know, I, I, I would, I think that is awesome, Eric, because you've known, you know, your abilities. You're like, okay, in order to, to to accomplish this i got to do this that's really neat that's really neat. It's, sometimes it's neat other times i'm ready to snap that fucker over my knee um because i mean in alberta is a prime example uh, i mean legit 210 plus mule deer 55 yards from it for three four five hours just laying there on my side oh, i would have so never ever done that with yeah. a compound and then i well, mean but look at all the shit you got to watch him do and understand. God, that's cool. Uh, well, I didn't know they did that. I've told a lot of people that you're going to learn animal behavior whether you want to or not because you got to wait. There's yeah. no – and, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I shot a big buck that year. I mean, I don't know. It's high 170s, low 180s. I mean, real big with a recurve for for up yeah, there. And absolutely. I mean, uh, it's been cool. But I, I think uh, – like the, I, we were talking before we got on this, this mule deer hunt. Frank and I are going on. I've got multiple giant deer around me in these different, you know, basins and canyons that I, I have different. Um, they're basically just groups of bucks, the bachelor bucks, right. like you always see. And, you know, for people that haven't hunted the high country, different basins will have three to five. Some will have 13, 15. The days of 20 plus are somewhat gone, but they're different yeah. areas. But I have a dumb 155 inch four by four right by camp and I, I was telling ike before we got on like it is going to be difficult for me not to shoot it's the standard what i call a bar buck the 24 inch wide yeah. you know the yep. it shows the representation of the species buck but 
500 yep. yards for that. I've got a 28-inch wide 3x4 with freaking 6.5, 7-inch, whatever. Well, they're bigger than that, probably 9-inch. I mean, just baseball antler bases that's probably 6.5-year-old. Yeah. And my dumbass will probably shoot the 2.5-year-old 155. <laughs> I'm going to really have to focus uh, to not shoot that deer. And it's almost like he's got CWD. No, what deer beds beside the, the tent? I mean, he literally, I'm watching him feed beside the tent, and he beds in bristlecomb with his head sticking out of it. Like, shoot me, shoot well, me. You, you, yeah. You know that. You know you're back in the backcountry a long ways, and that deer's never seen humans, so he doesn't really care. He's oh, never been threatened by him. No, and I mean, we're, we've, you know, bushwhacked and everything else, and, and it's getting harder and harder to even do that because the dumbasses like me you guys in the campaign south like oh go in the back country it's awesome well it's not awesome anymore because there's a bunch of people back there camping in the middle of the damn basin i like dad said this the other day he goes man all the people in the back country you should hunt like two miles off the trail that's where all the animals are going to be oh man <laughs> there's probably right there's no kidding i'm amazed at some some of the people that we see they're walking past them in the dark Oh, Lord. Yeah, I, I I said that the other day about elk hunting. Don't pass elk to find elk. Like, and that happens. Yeah. I, you know, the worst thing that can happen to a planner is when you shut the truck door and an elk bugles because his plan just went to shit. <laughs> it, it's the same thing for a guy that's, you know, been planning his hunt for months. He's going to backpack, yeah. you know, and I get these questions. You guys do too. Okay, I'm going to go nine miles in. I've got my one shelter, then I got a tarp. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up the base camp there and then I'm going to spike. And I'm like, whoa, easy big wheels. Your pack's going to weigh 90 pounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah. okay, do you bivy hunt? And I'm like, I if I am bivy hunting, I have done something terribly wrong. If I have all my shit on my yeah. back all day, I have not done my yeah, job. I don't, don't want to do that. No, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. And they're That's like, brutal. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're like, well, what would you do? And I'm like, well, the chances of you making it nine miles in, I don't want to burst your bubble, are pretty slim. Right. You might. There's a few people. Nine, can. nine miles is really easy to drive, it's re it, but it is it is it's not fun to put 40 or 50 pounds on your pack and walk flat ground. Now go get some elevation, go get 3000 foot elevation. You're, that's a long damn ways. Oh yeah. And, um, it, it, like, uh, you know, Frank and I, the way that we go in, we, we bushwhack for, uh, it's like a mile and a half straight up, like literally straight up. Then we hit the trail for two and then we, we bushwhack and crisscross and, Anyway, by the time yeah. it's all said and done, I mean, I am sweating like Mark Furman at the Million Man March. I'm dehydrated, hungry as shit, <laughs> not happy in any way. And then that the party has just started at that point. You haven't made the final yeah. climb to the glassing point, nor oh, have, yeah. have you made what you know as much as anybody. You haven't even, especially with the bow. It, I mean, yep. you make a you stock would. a day. You can lose and gain four thousand feet just in that day on a stock. Yep. And God forbid you and need you'd be water. lucky to do one a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, and I and I don't. I'm not making fun of guys coming out here at all. I'm just saying be realistic to uh, what you're getting. Yeah. And it's not as glorious. It's kind of like shooting a recurve. It seems cool. It seems there's a what's the word like? There's a um, stick. Yeah, I, so yeah, like you, you, you know, it makes you, you know, like I'm gonna go live in the woods on my back or whatever, and then you get back there and you're like, this blows balls. 
this is horrible. I've slept <laughs> in the water. I'm chafed, hungry. So there's a lot yeah. more to it than the I. Bugs are bad. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, and let's not leave out the lightning storms and all the other shit people don't think cool. about. Frank and I oh, had a yeah. couple go around us, and I mean, you know, some people are just naturally built for it, and they they love it. But for the most part. It's a hard sell. I mean, if you were going to sell backpack hunting to someone, what I mean, let's hear your definition. What would it sound like, the truth of it? It's like marriage. You never hear the bad oh, yeah. parts of marriage. I mean, list the things nope. off, like, real quick off the top of your head that suck about backpack hunting. Uh, I would say the number one is just being uncomfortable, period. It, it, no matter what you're doing. If it's sitting in glass and you're uncomfortable, if it's laying your sleeping bag in your tent, it's uncomfortable. If it's walking, your feet are uncomfortable, your backpack's heavy. It's just dealing with dealing with being uncomfortable is what it is. You're going to be uncomfortable now, no matter what. And, it, you know, in this day and age, it, thankfully the gear has made it less uncomfortable, but you're still going to be freaking uncomfortable. You're going to get about three hours of sleep a night and you're going to be wet, tired, hungry. You're just going to be un- uncomfortable. One well, thing about how people think people think, oh, I'm I'm a little bit uncomfortable today. No, you're not. You're at your job. It's 72 degrees in your building. It's perfect weather. You haven't been wet since you got out of the shower. No, this is you know this is every everything that's that's horrible can happen. Um, but once again, we progress. We try and we try and progress as a, as a society and, and make ourselves better and put ourselves into into those situations. I swear, every time I go into one of those uh, on the way out, I'm like, what the hell did they, or I get in there and go, what the hell did I do this for? And on the way out, I'm, I can't wait till the next time. It's just the, it's the dumbest thing. It's just, it's just like women, women having babies. They have a freaking baby. My wife had a kid and I look at her and go, if I had to do that, we this, there, there'd be two people on this planet, you and me, because I ain't having another one. <laughs> <laughs> she, two years later, I think it's time to have another one. Oh my God. Don't you remember? Well, yeah, and it's funny, you know, like a lot of guys tell me they hike out and when they get to the truck driving home, they want to turn around and go back and they just talk themselves yeah. off the mountain. And I mean, yeah, I'm back there enough to where, thank God, a lot of these things don't happen to me. I mean, they happen to me, but meaning you're desensitized to it. Like, you know, oh yeah, you know, but yep. again, I mean, I've hiked out for Copenhagen. I will damn sure hike out for a shower. <laughs> I'm physically fit enough. <laughs> It is not a problem six days into it to bebop down at noon, 10 o'clock in the morning, shower, yep. eat a burger, and haul ass back in. Yep. But I have that physical Be ability. Be for the evening hunt. Oh, yeah. A lot of yeah. people don't. Especially if, you're, especially if you're just doing it with a, with a bladder on your back. You don't have, you know, you don't have that 50 pounds worth of, of camp gear that's still sitting up there. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> this last trip... Uh, Bring I did a bomber one in to, to drop off food and, and get some water out of a seat before it dried up. And this off the subject, but this, I mean, the, the different things you're not expecting. We took a, a new supplement too that's supposed to help oxygenate the, the, the muscles. And, uh, you yeah. know, I've always just drink water, you know, electrolyte mix and try and eat and you're good. So about halfway right. up the hill, I, I mean, I guess this is Kafaru cast. We can talk about whatever we want. I'm like, Frank, is it burning when you fart? And he was like, dude, I am never taking that shit again. I thought I must have had jalapenos. And I'm like, I, I think. That's a, that's a bad situation in where you guys are headed. <laughs> well, but he's like, dude, I think I'm going to shit my ass off. And I was like, I can't. 
this is bad, dude. Like, and we're, we both got 65 pounds. We're on a 35 degree slope, the kind where your walking sticks can be about 12 inches tall. Cause it's that steep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one's 12 inches tall, one's 12 inches too tall. Oh, good Lord. It was just insane. Like steep. And we, we get up there and we were talking about that. And then I'm like, okay, uh, I, this is bad. So we both take the kids to the pool, get done, whatever, get to camp. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to sleep like a rock tonight. That shit kept me up all night long. So the next morning I'm like a zombie trying to like stay awake, like half asleep, you know, watching, you know, we're glassing for mule deer. And I'm like, all right, so now yeah. I got to get water. So I'm wandering around like an idiot because that seat dried up that we were hoping wouldn't. Oh, geez. So I'm in what we would call this hippie pond because we ran into hikers full of larvae, just stagnant. And Frank oh. texts me. Frank's heading to his spot, and he's like, I found a spring, dude. It's, on, it's 10, 15 minutes past camp. I'm like, all right, thank God. So I grab, I think, 24 or 32 or whatever it was, liters of bladders worth of water. He could have, he didn't mention at the time, it's like a thousand foot drop down the trail. So I go down there, <laughs> fill all these up. I'm climbing back to camp. You're going to need a parachute. Oh, Jesus. And Frank was like, dude, we're going to have to get horses if we fill, because we have two elk tags and a deer tag each back there. And I'm like, oh, geez. I'm like thinking I can get a deer out or I can get an elk out. But man, if we shoot more than that, we're going to have to start thinking ahead. And these are all things that people. Yeah. Until you experience dropping a thousand feet for water, you're not going to yeah. be rinsing your mouth yeah. out and shit, spitting it on the ground, looking like three amigos, like water has become no. gold. Like, yep. <laughs> it ain't like you're yep. at home where you well, just throw it back in the sink. And it, well, and you get one of those 800 pound animals on the ground and you debone him out. You got that. That's, some, you know, you're 350, 400 pounds of meat. That's, that's a lot to, of trekking to get that out. And then you go do that, you know, you got two deer and two elk yeah you're gonna there's there's a chance that a couple of those animals aren't gonna die because you're gonna be just done just wore out oh yeah yeah and no geez. we 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 started to make some phone calls for packers just in case because i'll go winchester yeah. at the blink of an eye i'll black out shoot them all back like, shit frank what are we gonna do now he's <laughs> I, he might be worse than me i mean, <laughs> He, he 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 is a very stealthy and and, and the thing is 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 Frank's like hard as a coffin nail right so last year yeah. remember Zach Griffith he hit the he scarfed his he scratched his elbow and got dehydrated and hit the search and oh, rescue yeah. button so yeah. I mean I, yep. Zach and I are friends so I can poke fun so Frank was worried after that incident the the fuck crazy bastard got pulmonary edema back there from climbing too high like truly oh. his and he was he didn't he hiked the 9 miles out and didn't hit the SAR beacon cuz he was worried we'd make fun of him that's how hard that kid is. <laughs> he was like, Oh, he was like, well I figured I would go until I was going to die and then I'd hit the button. And that just happened to be, I made it out. And he literally, like, he'd cough and water would just fly out of his, his uh, lungs, out of his mouth. I mean, that's how bad Lung. he got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah. a, lot, a lot of the shit people don't don't think about. But, yeah, I mean, think about hard, how hard your dad and grandpa were with the gear they had. Christ, I got $4,000 in my backpack. They had, like, a foam mat yeah. and a shitty-ass Camp Trails frame yeah. or whatever. You know what, though? I You know what I'm convinced? So... It, it's 
our society is so such we're fast movers now, right? Everything is, I'm going to be gone for 10 days and I'm going to try and maximize it. So I'm going to go like crazy. I'm going to be in the best shape as possible. So I can, I can run every Ridge and go a million miles an hour. Those guys didn't do that. You know, they'd spend, my dad would go on a 10 day backpacking trip and he wouldn't get three miles into the backcountry. They just did, they did stuff that was a lot slower. Everything was slower because they didn't, they weren't under this crazy timetable that us as humans have put ourselves under, you know, in the last 20 years, but you know, they would, they set up camp, hunt it for a couple of days. If that didn't work, they'd move it. You know, it was a lot slower. Everything was slower. And uh, not saying that they weren't uncomfortable. Oh God. I, I can remember the first couple of hunts I went on. I thought I was going to freeze to death as a nine year old kid thinking, what, what are we doing? This is insane. <laughs> Why can't we just go to the grocery store and buy some steaks? This is stupid. But, once again, you start growing through it and understand that this is testing your abilities, and that's what it's about. One of the one of the things that it's about. Um, but I, I think those guys just didn't do it as fast. You know, they they didn't move as fast as we try to move. No, and you know it's fun. Uh, you know uh, Bart Lancaster, um, but Clay Lancaster, the Lancaster family. Yeah. Up, okay, so Bart, we went on a goat hunt with him last year, and he. Uh, he goes, have you ever heard all those stories about me getting stuck out overnight and those dangerous situations? And I'm like, no. And he's like, it's because it doesn't fucking happen. I let the hunt come to me. Because I'm, and- <laughs> I'm fucking smarter than that. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he goes, I don't push the issue. I don't go fast. He's like, I go fast when I have to. He was like, I let the hunt come to me. And he's like, I'm not saying I don't yeah. go after animals. Yeah. He's just saying, if it takes me three days to get to the top of the mountain, I guarantee that animal's still going to be there where I'm at. He's like, I hunt unbothered yeah. animals and we horse yep. back in. So there's no reason to ever, ever rush a situation where you're right now. And I do all kinds of dumb shit, especially we are hunting yeah. bothered animals. Like, have you ever yep. hunted the Wasatch Front? It's like Mortal Kombat deer hunting. I mean, crazy. <laughs> It, it, it's, I haven't, but I've heard stories. Oh. I haven't because of that. Well, you think about, I can't um, imagine. you know, some areas you get to and, and you are hunting pretty unpressured animals, but there's other places I've been to, especially on those um, second choice mule deer tags. They've they've thinned down the tags before, but you guys have hunted those where you, you are yeah. hunting a very, you know, they're giving out 280 plus deer tags. You might see four other guys right. glassing the same buck, and you better have some wheels right. on you because if you don't get to it first, yeah. I mean. But yeah, it, it it's always uh it's always unique. What the, how's your dad doing anyway? Is he is he chilled out and kind of started laying back? He's good. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty. He's and as far as he's involved in the company, he's he comes down from his wilderness perch about once a week and come comes and bs's with guy and i and and uh we you know we talk mostly about his photography and stuff little not very much about the company anymore he got he just got his his he got his his knee replaced about eight years ago and uh the doctor kind of messed it up and so he got a new knee here a, a week and a half ago in the same place and uh he's recouping from that he's a little cantankerous because he hasn't been able to get around much but He's doing good. You know, it's, it's always, uh, sobering when you watch your parents and the people that you've looked up to your whole life and, 
and uh, you watch them start to get age and and uh, deteriorate physically, and that's that's tough. But happens to all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens to all of us. How old are you now? We're pretty close so, to the same age. Forty-one. Yeah, yeah we are the uh, same age. Holy shit. 21. Yep. Yep. I just turned forty-one. So how old? How old's guy? Yeah, one of those forty. Let's see, he's four. It'll be forty-seven, I think. Forty-eight. Something like that. He's quite, he's quite a bit older than I am. Yeah, no, I knew it was. Uh, I'm the youngest, uh, and he's the oldest. Yeah. As uh, have you guys taken? <laughs> neither one of you really uh, uh, taken up photography like your dad has, have you? No, you know, guy. Um, guy really loves. People don't know this, and he'd probably kill me if I told everybody this. But he really loves videoing. His his passion is behind the camera. Um, he's done a ton of stuff with you know filming our our hunt winners and stuff and so it's pretty cool no that is that is cool i got a lot of inspiration for photography wise from your dad actually i mean well i say a lot like most of it was you know from your dad some of the photos he's taken and i've gotten all kinds of geeked up into it now to a point um if i had to just photograph hunts and go on trips and help people it wouldn't bother me that much now if I, if I couldn't hunt anymore and I had to just, you know, photograph, I'm not saying get out of hunting and photograph flowers for Christ's sake, but I am saying if (laughs) I could just, it is fun just having the camera in your hand and helping a newer guy on a hunt and photographing that it it is nice, but the, uh, that's where guy is. He he just likes taking those hunt winners, you know, the guys that would never have that opportunity and, and, you know, videoing it and hanging out with him. That's, you know, he, yeah, I think you get, I don't know. This is what I've, I've noticed. I'm not there yet, but what I've noticed is that you get to a certain point in, in hunting where you're, where you don't really care to shoot another. It, we were talking about the progression of a hunter where you start with just sustenance. You're just wanting meat and then you go into trophy hunting. I think on the backside of that, and I, I've watched a number of older guys get to this where they, um, they get to the point where they don't, don't care about hunting anymore as far as them killing stuff. They want to be involved. They want to be around it. They, you know, they, 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 they progress to where they don't have to be the, the hunter. They'd rather be sharing their knowledge and sharing it uh, with somebody that's new and watch, you know, the, the starry eyed kid that's never been around it. That's, that's what they're getting after. I get it. I think I, guys progressing into that. If I wouldn't have picked up the recurve, it was kind of getting to that point for, for me, not that I accomplished trophy hunting or anything, but I put so many animals on the ground and man, picking up that recurve, that started that back over again. Cause that was green as grass. But I, I tell you what, thank God I can actually kill stuff with that thing. Or I, I'd feel, I, I only picked that up because of a bunch of, uh, traditional archers basically saying learn how to hunt because you're shooting stuff too far away with a compound and i'm like oh all right i'll pick this thing up and oh lord i picked it up i was like man i may have bitten off more than i could chew son of a bitch this is difficult (laughs) um but i've I've done pretty good i I was trying to figure out the other day i think with whitetails and everything else i think i've probably shot 20 animals now and you know basically a hunting season and a half but man it is a different experience because you compare those to I pretty much anyone with my compound. Every one of them is like a just total exhaustion, mental. You know what I mean? Like all yep. of them. Man, that yep. bear this year, I a simple stock on a black bear ended up with an empty quiver and a bear charging me. Nothing is ever simple <laughs> with the recurve. And yep. uh, but it, yep. it it's fun though. Um, but that's fa- what, yeah, that's why you do it. That's definitely why I, I, I you. how I got addicted to it because I. 
uh, you know, and initially it wasn't for that reason, but it, yeah, it's definitely a, a challenge, but it, it's fun. I mean, the photographing thing is definitely a lot of pressure off and it's a hell of a lot easier to photograph. When you don't have a weapon in your hand. Most of the stuff we're doing, you're <laughs> photographing, filming and hunting. You know, people are like, oh, I can't believe you videoed that with just a GoPro. It's like, oh, let me pull out my third arm and like an other camera. Right. Right? Like, what are you going to do, man? I got a GoPro on my head. That's all I got. It's me. <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's your favorite part about hunting? Uh, man, I have to say, like, uh, just me in general, as it's, it's sick and twisted as it is, I really like the after the animal's down. I mean, certainly the the stock like that that final movement moment but if you if you if you take mm-hmm. that part away I like packing animals out I like that that struggle I I like seeing people push to their success part yeah yeah I mean once once it's over with like uh, um especially like uh, when you're doing it as a group something about seeing someone push themselves harder than they ever have. Um, you know, to get right. an animal out or whatever. Um, as far as the before, man, now that I've picked up that recurve, getting within 20 yards or 20 feet is pretty freaking cool. I've shot a couple animals now inside of five feet. It's pretty neat. I mean, I shot that one yeah, mule deer at like three that's feet. The, that's the culmination of hunting. When you can when you can match wits and senses and, you know, they, they got the upper hand. You get five feet. That's That's impressive. That, That's really impressive. That one buck, now keep in mind, it was only like, it was a three and a half year old, 150 inch deer. But when I drew it back, my broadhead was just inside the velvet on the top of its rack. Frank about shit, he was watching in the spotter. And uh, when I got on top, wow. I, he said his legs were shaking, I'm sure more than mine were. Because I am I was more in awe. I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I made it this close. It's pretty crazy. And then I went to draw my bow back and I couldn't get it drawn and I pivoted around and I was worried my broadhead was so close to the velvet as I pivoted the bow over. I mean, this is not a bullshit story. This is this is the truth. I damn near hit it in the velvet with the broadhead trying to pivot my 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 but I had 30 mile an hour winds. That saved me. He was planted. So he couldn't hear you. He was not getting yeah. I threw a fucking boulder right by him and he still didn't stand up. And at that point I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and sneak in a little closer. Cause I was like ten yards from him. I kept throwing pebbles oh, and that wasn't getting it. So I grabbed one about the size of a Copenhagen lid. And I was just watching the top four <laughs> inches of his velvet did not move. And I'm like, huh. I guess I'll go ahead and get closer. I got about cool. five yards from that rock, and I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to get on top of that rock. And then one thing led to another, and there I am on top of the rock and literally could have jumped on his back. It was pretty wild. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things you go, I, I don't know if I'll ever be that close to a living mule deer ever again. And, and you know, a mule deer, as you know, they, getting that close, they have like a sixth sense. That's I'll tell you crazy. what, the ones after that's they crazy. hit three, man, it, I mean – you're way bigger of a mule deer hunter than me after they hit four and a half man they are just a different animal just completely um, yeah it's they, experience i think i mean they, they just have they've had a ton more experiences it's no different than you and i the more you're out there the more experience you have the, the more lethal you are the yeah. more experiences they have the, the more likely they're going to survive yeah no that's for for sure i, I actually had a guy messaged me that he was going to go scouting and he wanted to do some mock stalks on bedded mule deer and i'm like say again and he was like well i was going to stalk in on him see how close i could get and i'm like don't 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 do that don't he's like what do you mean i'm like 
you're, you're educating them, buddy. I'm like, they're smart enough. Yeah. I'm like, don't, don't, don't do, do not do that. And I was trying to be nice, you know, and I'm like, dude, seriously. Yeah. I'm like, how many times is a burglar going to fake rob you? That's because they only get one shot because you're pretty freaking smart after you get robbed. Like, don't stock in on yeah. a man. I, I wanna. I, I would really like to hunt a seven and a half year old buck that's never seen a human because it's probably dumb. The reason why they get smart yeah. is seven and a half years of dumb shits like you and me trying to kill it. They yeah, they get pretty pretty smart. Well, in lions and all yeah. the other predators they got to deal with. You know, it's the same thing. It's just like guys wandering around the in the timber you know, bugling just to bugle. God damn boys. You guys are just educating these elk. Why after the first week of, of archery season and you know, you can go into an area that's high pressure and they all quit talking. They aren't talking at all. Well, the elk just shut down because you guys were wandering around thinking the elk bugle was like a come here call. Uh, not a whistle for your dog. I, I blame Will Primos for that. I love Will Primos. I love everything he's done, but those videos, <laughs> the truth, <laughs> That was the worst yeah. thing for public land hunting. And that hoochie mama, oh, Christ on his oh, throne. Yeah. And when that thing first came out, I was like, wow, that thing does sound like a cow elk. That's that's pretty damn good for a squeezy call. But then everyone yeah. from both sides of the continental divide and North America in general yep. have a hoochie mama. And then, oh yeah, I mean, and, <laughs> you ever watch Harlem Nights? Um, yep. yep. Remember when they're in the gunfight and they're firing off, da, 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 and the one dude grabs the gun and goes pop, pop, and then shoots a couple times, and then they lay down the rounds. Yep. That's a few of my yep. buddies with the hoochie mama. We'll do like a calling <laughs> sequence, and to fit in, meow, meow, he'll squeeze that twice just to make sure we know he's there, you know. And it's that's all that's all he's got in his toolbox is the hoochie mama. But pe- people do watch those videos, which. I mean, I watch your guys' videos. I used to watch the Primos ones. I haven't stayed up on them as much. But, you know, I've watched Sal's video because it, it's a recurve, and you watch them because you can't go hunting, so you might as well watch a, a show. you got to live vicariously right. through yeah. others. And this coming from a guy that gets to right. live in the woods more than anyone. I still watch hunting videos. Um, well, well yeah. when you do that, um, and it's uh, not to pump your guys' tires, but it's realistic to what Western hunting is. You know, you're kind of seeing how it plays out. You're going to learn from that. When you do it and it's not as realistic and it it's like, uh, you know, shut the door and shot call a shot gobble a turkey. And, it, and, and, and not right. to say you guys don't. I mean, I know you guys hunt like the hill ranch or whatever, but realistically, when you guys are on a backpack hunt, that is how it is, right? You're seeing it as it, as it, as yeah. it truly is. Well, when you go to those Primos videos, I think people get a false sense of security or hope that there is a bull around every corner, and all you got to do is blow on that bugle, and they come in. And it is oh, yeah. not Ooh, that way. Most of those, most of the, well, the Colorado stuff that the that, uh, Primos did, that's on the Hill Ranch, most of them. I mean, a huge portion of those hunts are on the Hill Ranch. We've, and we've been going down there for, 25 years and we've been doing hunt winters down there and and it's you know hey we do it because i stacked the deck in our favor if i if i randomly drew can you imagine just randomly drawing a dude out of out of hundred thousand people and and taking them on a backpack trip number one you'd never get anybody to commit to do it at least more than about eight hours number two your success rate would suck nobody wants to go on an unsuccessful hunt that's not why we do it 
So we stacked the deck, you know, the Hill Ranch. There's a lot of guys, a lot of our industry, a ton of our industry hunts, hunts on places like that. Um, you know, I can name a ton of guys that, that do it every year down there. But it's, it's a, it's an, it is like hunting Yellowstone Park. Now they're wild. Don't get me wrong. Those elk can get up and move and run away. Uh, they can go to three counties away, which I've seen it happen. But, you know, those places like that, they're built just for elk and, and to keep those elk there. And, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little different level of hunting. No, um, definitely still hunting, but it's different level of hunting than putting a, putting a pack on your back and, and having to fight the crowds and, and, uh, you know, fighting elk that have that deal with wolves and grizzly bears and stuff like I'm doing up here. It's, it's a whole lot different than down there where they don't really have predators and, and, uh, you know, the, the elk are, are running the ranch, if you will. So. No, for, for sure. And I, I, I got to be like the first time I went up to Alberta, you know, obviously not elk hunting, but yep. uh, those animals get hunted off the road a lot. I was expecting it to be, oh, yeah. I mean, in the, to being honest, I was expecting a bit more of a gimme hunt. I didn't expect these yeah. thousand yard low crawls and shit that I was having to do. I thought it was going to be like, oh, there's six different bucks bedded. I think I'll stock on that one. No, that is not right. how it yeah. was because it's oil filled land. And, uh, it's, it's right. not public, but it's, you know, a lot of the people that own the land are pretty wide open to let anybody go on and hunt it. Um, they get hunted yep. and poached a lot. So they get shot out of a truck a lot. Like Lander pulled up to not, not a giant deer, probably 170 inch, a good buck, uh, from 450, 500 yards to way to glass it. Uh, he said, fuck your couch and got up and ran five, 600 more yards before he even looked back. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, these things get road hunted a bit, don't they? You just got to be, you know, just because <laughs> I guess you're, some hunts just because you pay for them um, doesn't mean yeah. you're hunting untouched <laughs> animals. Other other hunts, 100 percent. And not that I've done a bunch of guided hunts, but, the, you know, you, when you go up to the territories, those are unbothered animals. No one's getting back in there. Yeah. Um, and I think Guy yeah. just went on a, a doll sheep hunt recently, didn't he? Yeah, last year. We went, he and I went up to Northwest Territories, um, which was actually, it was an amazing trip. Uh, we, we went into the camp that my grandfather went in and helped build on one of those old epics called Challenging Northwest Territories movies. And, uh, they, we went into that exact camp and, and actually the guy was able to shoot his sheep on the same mountain that my grandfather shot a sheep 50 years earlier. It, it was surreal. Absolutely surreal. Um, we're hoping to do something with that next year with the footage on it. We just, it was a deal with, with, uh, we got invited with Yeti to kind of do the whole st story, the family history story. And so it's, it was theirs and hopefully they do something with it soon or else I'm going to do something with it. Yeah. No, no kidding. Who'd you guys cool story. go with up there? Canal Outfitters. Gotcha. Um, it's a new, it used to be Ram's Head. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the natives up there bought the outfitting back and half of it or a chunk of it got put into a national park and the rest of it, they're hunting out of it. And the, they, they did good. They, they've done. So that you know, was Simpsons, it's run right? By a, a, What's that? That was Simpsons, and then they yeah. bought it out. Yeah, because that's yep. adjoining to that area yep. I was at with Clay. Yep, exactly. Yep, it's right on the Canal Road. Um, the camp was, and uh, it, it was it was a, a ton of fun. And they do a good job. They, I mean, you know, the cool thing about the the Canadian hunting up there is is it's 
it's a lot less regulated government and those outfitters regulate it. Like they don't want to shoot, you know, immature sheep. So everybody's shooting nine to 10 year old sheep. The government doesn't tell them they have to do that. They're just taking it upon themselves saying, you know, well, we're not going to do this because we want to, you know, we want to hold this for generations. We want it to be this good for generations. You know, we can, as Americans, we could take a, uh, it's a good lesson for us. Some of the stuff that's going on in Alaska, where they go into some of the ranges that used to be like 50 years ago, used to be dull sheep everywhere. And they're, I don't want to say killed out, but they're definitely affecting it. Yeah. No, I mean, I know with clay, if you shot, um, anything below eight and a half, uh, you got fined and then you got a bonus if it was over, you know, you didn't eight and a half was even a nine and a half. You got a bonus, 10 and a half. You got a bonus after that. And, uh, and they don't shoot, like you say, they don't shoot more than, than the area can handle just because that's their livelihood. They want to keep bringing hunters back and have them be successful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, that's areas are huge. You don't realize areas and the amount of, amount of sheep they kill it's not even i mean they're not even they're not even scratching the the paint on that oh yeah I, I i did not realize uh how big those areas were until you're flying over it in a helicopter for you know an hour and a half yeah and you're like oh you're still inside yeah. the area i was like holy shit <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we haven't even got halfway through it holy bucket yeah well, oh, i can't remember the number but it's like it's some crazy 70% of the dull sheep on the planet live in Northwest territories. I mean, it's, it's, it's a astounding statistic that when I heard it, I was shocked. I did not know that. Yeah. Clay told me something like that. I was pretty, pretty crazy. And then, uh, guy, didn't guy shoot him and, uh, Brian, didn't they both shoot? I know Brian shot a tank, but they both shot big, uh, Marcos last year too, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I told guy he has to retire now. If you want a dull sheep hunt and a Marco Polo sheep hunt in the same year, you're done. Sorry, you're done. No, yeah, he, he he went over with Brian and on a one of those deals that kind of just happened. Brian had a had a, a a hunter pull out last minute, and and we had bought an ibex hunt at an auction for uh, out for a big game, and Brian let us use that that ibex stuff towards a sheep hunt, and the sheep hunt was cheap, and it was just kind of fell into place. So he went over there and killed a huge Marco Polo. Brian killed one that's like in the top 15 in the world. Oh, Guy missed him. Guy missed that same sheep like four days earlier. Oh, no kid. So, was Guy crying when he saw it on the ground? Good lordy. Yeah. he. I think I think his comment to me over the reach when it happened was his largest hunting, or his, the largest mistake he's ever made hunting, I think was something <laughs> like that. He, he'd die. He knew I said that. Oh. But yeah, it, that's, that's a, it was a, it was just a rush shot, and hell, it's on. It's on our YouTube channel. The hunt of that is. Yeah, I Crazy. watched. I well, yeah, guy. I watched part of it. I tell you what, I like Brian and I talk all the time, but you better plan ahead if you're going to talk to that man. He could talk peace into the Middle oh, East. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, oh man, and that guy, he he's a he's a unique individual. I swear, he gets his jollies watching people suffer. Oh, it, just taking them into places that that just put them. You know, we were talking about suffering and being uncomfortable in the backcountry. That's a whole new level of hell. Yeah. No, he, you're at 17,000 feet and you're on the verge of, of dying from from uh, altitude sickness. And, yeah. Yeah, he's a, yeah. I mean, not for, you know, he's got a belly on him now. He still gets after it. I mean, he's fit. Oh, man. 
he uh oh he, man yeah he's uh he's funny as hell i actually uh bet- between um with uh with him i came up with uh he's probably gonna be mad at me and call me about this i would uh <laughs> hang up on him in uh mid-sentence and then put it on airplane mode so it was like i lost service because he we would talk for so long that to a point like I'd have 37 missed phone calls or some crazy thing like um and the, and the thing is you don't nothing's ever boring when you're talking to him because he's got so much different you know stuff we're talking about oh, yeah. or going over but that's oh, yeah. cool what hunts do you guys you, have planned you, this oh go ahead I don't have anything crazy I drew a, an antelope tag in Colorado uh I'm hoping to get a, a deer tag down there and I got an antelope tag in Wyoming, so we'll see. Uh, other than that, I'm gonna do a bunch of general stuff. I got a plan with uh, Reekers and I are gonna go go into a general area, backpack in, and see if we can't shoot a deer. One, at least one of us. Hopefully, both of us, but at least one of us. Yeah. And um, elk, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. There's a couple guys in our office that have really good elk tags, so a lot of my elk season's gonna be toting them in and out, but. Um, yeah, nothing crazy. It, we kind of went a little overboard last year, so we're taking a year off with Northwest Territories, Tajikistan. I went to I went to uh, Zimbabwe and and uh, hunted over there last year. It was it was a little bit little bit much, but oh yeah, I can imagine. Times. Just my wife promised made me promise I wouldn't travel as much as I did last year. So. Oh man, I couldn't make that promise. I um I told Amy I would not be gone <laughs> for a month straight again. But I about broke that promise already. Um, just because we, <laughs> I mean, truly, I'm I'm in a good position, obviously, with what I've got going on. I mean, obviously, the headaches aside of of uh, barely graduating high school and running a multi million dollar company and winging it sometimes. Yeah. I so I work real hard for eight <laughs> months and then I don't work at all. And uh, you yeah. know, I also sleep four hours a night. You can get a shitload done in twenty hours. And uh, Oh yeah. So absolutely. <laughs> when it's time to rock and roll on the mountain, it's 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 like <laughs> she did not realize you come back, what's that word, emaciated? Like as I left her a two hundred and four <laughs> yeah. pound guy, I come back, I'm one eighty nine. She just saw me ten days earlier. My feet are fucked up. I got my asses <laughs> chafed. And I'm like, Hey, we gotta make food and do laundry. I'm heading out day after tomorrow. And she's like, What? <laughs> and I'm like, I'll be good to go. Don't worry about it. And then you know, last year, it's back to back to back to back to back all the way through December. Hell, we even hunted in January. Yeah. Well, this year's worse. And uh, yeah. And and you can get tired of hunting. People are like, oh, I can't believe you can sit in a tree stand. I'm like, really? I love that tree stand in November because <laughs> I'm fucking tired of walking. I love the bad boy buggy. I can't believe you don't. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so. This is this is great. I'm not punishing myself. It's awesome. I sleep in a warm bed at night. It's fun, fantastic. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, the traveling of this job does get old. When you, well, you know, you have a daughter. When you, you have, I got small kids, and my wife's basically a. She calls her. She's a state. She's a uh, um, single mom most of the year through from about the first of September until the first of March with hunting season and then show season and. Yeah, she she uh, wasn't real happy last year when I extended it into May for Zimbabwe and then July for Northwest Territories, and it was I think she was on the verge of saying that's enough. Yeah. But she did. She told me don't travel that much. <laughs> so you can, but you come home, it's going to look a lot different. Yeah, no kidding. 
that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Uh, yeah. It is. I mean, it is a job. Uh, I mean, it's fun, but I mean, it oh, does yeah. become uh, especially. I mean, you guys. Everybody has their different. Um, I mean, you, you guys have multiple different outlets and, and, um, and meeting, you, you know, you guys have social media and the emails and then you have the show yeah. and all the different stuff. And we're kind of in the same boat to where my phone, no shit, will go off for an hour when I get back in service when I'm gone that long. Ding, oh, yeah. ding, ding. And, yep. you know, I feel bad, but I'm not going to get back to all those people. Shit, I'm going back in the woods in no. two days. I'm not going to spend two, two those two days answering emails and text messages. So yeah. it, it's pretty, pretty hectic. But I think... Uh, you know, overall, um, you get out of it. I mean, you guys are, you know, proof. I mean, you get out of it what you put into it, and you guys have done nothing but grow and grow and grow and grow with everything that that you've got going on. And and you've kind of you've expanded yeah. quite a bit into the um, social digital media. Uh, I mean, you guys have stuff yeah. going in every different direction now. We have we we've we've, uh, we've been real blessed with with um, the ability and, and the, the knowledge that we have and, and to capitalize it. Yeah. We, we moved into a, what I call a digital platform in like 2010 and just kind of grew it organically to, to what it is now. And, and, uh, it's a pretty big portion of our business now. I mean, it's uh significant In fact, Brandon Mason and I were talking about this yesterday or was it last night, last night. And, um, uh, it's, it's become quite a monster, but with everything, man, that thing is a, that thing is a content uh, monster. You got to keep it fed. TV shows have nothing on this. You know, you're doing 26 or 32 TV shows in a year is nothing compared to four posts a day. You know, on four different outlets. So yeah, but yeah. it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. And it's you know what you know what you know what I just love is when you talk to some of these guys. Uh, social media wise and I'm like man I just I learned so much from the stuff that you're doing like Brian Barney's podcast or somebody's article or a, a post that or a YouTube video I just learned so much and it's going to help me you know this fall and I can't I'm excited to use it that's what we're here for that's what my dad started it about it was it was not about us it's about it's about helping hunters become better hunters and out you know hunters become better outdoorsmen and and that's what it's about we don't know everything, but there's a lot of guys out there that are willing to share and some of their knowledge and their mentorship and, and give you tidbits and people should be reading everything, every little tidbit they can find. Cause you can get no matter who you are, no matter what level you're at, you can get some information out of, you know, even your crazy podcast. <laughs> I oh, learned yeah. three things today. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, well, that's we, fun. we get that comment back a lot of, of, uh, it's, it's entertaining, and it's informational and sometimes it's informational yeah. cause it's supposed to be right. I, I bring Tom Clum yeah. on it's informational. You're going to learn and probably laugh at my mistakes as we talk about what he's taught me, but you're going to learn. And then there's other ones. We just kind of like we're doing now. We just talk about hunting and occasionally yeah. as you're laughing your ass off, you're like, Oh, I just, I just learned something. So, and I've yep. never been like, I, I very confident in, in my, ability to, to i you know have learned animal behavior well i mean i've you know what i mean whether it be mule deer or elk or sheep mm -hmm. or whatever but i just don't i leave that to a lot of other people to talk about animal behavior we brush over it but when you start talking about really in-depth stuff there's far better people and i try to stay in my wheelhouse frank does the same and you know archery and gear that's yep. definitely in my wheelhouse but you know you talk about well, we're talking about high country mule deer hunting 
Um, you know, I've shot several high country mule deer, but there's guys that will never be on social media that have killed 10, 12 bucks between 180 and 210 on high country mule. Hell, I mean, you yeah. guys know one of the greatest in, in, in my opinion, history, and no one will ever know that dude's name. And yep. I'm, I, I mean, it is impressive. And those are the guys like, I hope to be able to get on here. Um, because yeah. it's pretty, you know, it's pretty laxed. We don't sell anything. We're just shooting the shit. But yeah, I, I mean, the first time that, you know, I, I had hunted with like Clay Lancaster, not that many people, unless you're in the yep. industry, know who the Lancasters are. You're going to know who they are when you leave. Unless they're in the sheep world. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Cl- I think Clay's been on 300 sheep hunts, 50 over 40 oh, inches. Sure. They're an iconic family up there, man. They really are. Dude, they, they both hit Bart and, and, and Clay kind of adopted me as their brother. And I tell you what, that family, <laughs> I mean, and thank God we're cut from the same cloth because they can both take abuse and give it. And you're never <laughs> safe, for one. Like, you know, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> but, dude, you want to just talk yeah. about, you know, judging Rams from that distance away, just their, their behavior in the band. Like, you know, just what they're doing. Yep. I mean, when you see that many yep. sheep hunts, I mean, you're going to know more than anyone else. And I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're the only ones, but certainly, I mean, Stan, have you ever met Stan? Yep. Actually, I met him when we were up there. He flew into camp and, uh, and, uh, him and, him and, uh, what's the, is it Barton, the kid that's running it now? Um, anyway, they flew up there and had coffee one day. Oh, gotcha. Well, um, our, our guide, oddly enough, our guide is their nephew. Um, who, who runs, um, he runs a Logan Peasley. He, he's their nephew and he runs it out. He was our guide for that, but he runs an outfitting sh- uh, business in British Columbia. And he did, they just came up to say hi to him. It was pretty cool. He's a big dude. I mean, that guy looks like he's oh, got man. That like whole family's big. Oh, Clay's head. I've never met a guy that I had to scoot him to the back end of the moose because he was dwarfing the 70 inch <laughs> wide moose. That He's got stretch marks on his headlamp band. His head is huge. And yeah. hunting with those guys stands the same way, and he's he's a giant. And I'm like, Stan, how the hell did you lose your teeth? And then for the next hour and a half, I heard about the horse kicking him in the teeth and then knocking him out. And so his, his jaw was wired shut. And then Clay telling me about, because yeah. he's got a temper, Clay telling me about their kids, they're being little assholes, and his dad's mouth was wired shut going trying to yell at him but he couldn't move his jaw (laughs) and then it's like everybody every kid's dream their dad's mouth wired shut oh jesus well until he gets a hold of you and those i don't think people realize those guys were doing it on their back when they were 12 13 14 years old and uh he was talking about how smart their dad was i got you guys new machetes and whatever and uh why don't you guys clear these trails out It'll be super fun, and then they're out, you know, hacking up trails, you know, for, out, outside of the new area or whatever. Like, it's just crazy. Some of the stuff yeah. that those guys have experienced is wild. I mean, sure, I'm sure it's the same as, is, uh, you know, your your grandpa and your dad. I mean, just stories for days. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, and it seems like those guys up there, it's, you know, and us down here look at the stores and go, "You're insane." But it becomes, it just becomes their norm. That's just how they live their lives. No matter what, they're just living their life on the, you know, on the edge of, of death constantly. And it becomes normal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just some of those stories. I was telling you about that guide, that Logan, that's their nephew. He was telling, he constantly tell us stories that 
I would be sitting there going, I've heard a lot of crazy stories, but that, that tops it. And I know it's true because I've heard this from, so I literally have heard the story from somebody else. Like, yeah. Holy shit. No, they've got some... one of his cousins. And I think he's a Lancaster went to, he went to, uh, was it Russia? I think it was Russia on a sheep hunt or an Ibex hunt or something. And they ended up di- almost dying four times, crashing a helicopter, that get, was, got hit with an avalanche. That was Clay. Yeah. So Clay, yeah. so this this is crazy. This is Clay. I meet Clay, or you know, I've not met, but Clay and I are hanging out and somebody at the sheep show comes up and he's telling him about the anniversary whatever of something and i'm like clay what's he talking about he goes oh we wrecked a hind 17 the side of a mountain my eyeball popped out and we were all gonna die so i went ahead and hiked out and the snowmobiles found me and then they gave me a snowmobile and i started carting people out but eventually i couldn't see shit so i finally had to get off i mean he's telling me this story and i'm like why the fuck didn't you tell me that story before he's like i don't know you never brought it up (laughs) and (laughs) and literally out of the And I'm off on the numbers, I'm sure, out of the 17 or 30 people in the helicopter, like seven made it and or something. And and truly, everyone I talked to said they only made it because of Clay, because he had the wherewithal to hike out. And, uh, you know, and he he knew how to run the sat phone when the battery was dead. And I mean, it was dead beyond dead. And he took his socks off or used the dead pilot socks or whatever and rubbed enough static static electricity to get it powered up to call his dad. And I mean, it was. Yeah, that was a hell of a story. Oh, yeah. Crazy well, story I've ever heard. So, I mean, this is Clay, right? When we're up there, he comes in the wall, the tent, because he knows I can navigate. Now, Clay has a sense of direction of a bear. I have never seen sense of direction like that man has. But if you've never been there, you've got no sense of direction. So he comes in. Right. You want to go in on an adventure, laddie? And I'm like, yeah, what are we doing? Because anytime you come front me with something like this, it's crazy. So they... They they drop us off in the helicopter at the farther farthest part of the guide area where the 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 natives bought it back and we had to empty those guide shacks mm-hmm. out, drive Argos across nothing for days right yeah until I hit an, a ten digit grid coordinate that I had that uh, the pilot flew over when he dropped off a bunch of shit to build a cabin. So we drive this Argo, and I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, mm, we. I mean, I'm talking. We drove forever, and finally, I, and Clay, we look like the Clampets, both Argo shit strapped everywhere, chainsaws, chairs, whatever we could take. And Clay's behind me. We drive, and I'm like, all right, Clay. It says, you know, this is after I don't know driving for hours and hours and hours. I mean, we stayed out there in the middle. You know, we just stayed out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, Finally, I'm like, Clay, we're close. And he's like, how close? I was like, that's just 400 meters in closing. And blind shithouse luck, I drive right into it. Right? The grid coordinate was right on. And so then we pull out the chainsaws and build a fucking cabin right there off of what was around. And so, I mean, that kind of stuff people like here aren't used to. And I, I mean, obviously, I'm from Oregon originally, no. so I know how to run a chainsaw. I work construction. We build the cabin, everything, drive the Argos inside the cabin, button it up, call in the helicopter, they fly us back to camp. How many fucking kids do you know in North America have done that? Like, not many. Oh, that, yeah, not many. And that's a day in the life not of a many. guide up there, right? Like, they just, that's the kind of oh, shit yeah. that they that's do. A a, that's a day in the life of most Western Canadians that live any, any far, you know, any further north than a 300 miles from the border. Oh, yeah. No, for, for sure. Those guys just have a different sense of world. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're very, very resourceful. And obviously, you know, I mean, you learn, you know, from, from, from that young age or whatever. Um, I mean, obviously you're pretty versed in anything from small engine repair, repair up to yeah. building log cabins and shooting sheep at the same time. And, you know, I kind of bringing that back to the, like down, you know, in the lower 48 and I'm not, I mean, I guess I am down or kind of down talking or whatever, like a lot of the, you know, people that, you know, um, like, like they're getting into backpack hunting now or getting into the outdoor industry now. It's great that they're getting into it. Uh, but a lot of times they're getting into it maybe for might be what the wrong reasons because of social media or they're skipping what most people that were raised, like I was raised hunting. You guys were raised hunting. It's just what you did. Like that you hunted right. in the fall, yep. right? You played football and you hunted. I mean, that's yep. whatever. Yep. And, you know, so now, meaning like I knew how to build a fire when I was like six years old, right? Like I, you know, yep. and it, but now yep. a lot of that is, is skipped, right? Building a fire. That's, that's, that's skipped. Oh, or, yeah. And, and you're kind of seeing that and I'm not saying anything that that's, that's necessarily bad, but I certainly think that people there could have a tough road to hoe if anything ever goes south on them while they're in the woods um because you can't learn it all from social media i agree there was a there's a guy that got lost here this summer got lost up in the wilderness and and died of exposure and he was only out there two days he had a back he was backpacking like how the hell do you die from exposure and you're backpacking for two days yeah i mean it's it yeah it rained on him but it's not like it got 20 below zero and and uh you know it i don't know it's it, there's just a ton of this this basic skill skills that aren't taught anymore we were having this conversation the other day with dan Percar. Dan, dan said it perfectly he goes there's no more boy scouts nobody knows those skills anymore they, you know they aren't even taught even in boy scouts they're not taught yeah how to tie a right a good knot and how to start a fire in a in a rainstorm. Give you an example. Uh, Frank and Amy and I backpacked into a lake last year, and it was not far, far, but like six miles. And this is the mentality of someone that hasn't spent time in the woods. We have two people coming to meet us uh, at the lake. One of them works here, Corey. And it's dark, and mm-hmm. they haven't made it. And she's like, what are they going to do? And I'm like... What do you, what do you mean? What are they going to do? They've they've skipped from plan A of camping here to plan B of camping wherever the fuck they stopped at. What do you mean? They got everything they need to. What did you think they came in yeah. here and planned to live off fish? I'm like, honey, they they have all their gear on them. <laughs> like they can stay wherever they want. The world is their oyster. They and and, and she yeah. didn't she didn't it didn't click in at first. And I'm like, just right. because they didn't make it to the destination doesn't mean they don't stop and sleep overnight. And I was like, they'll probably roll in late. If right. they don't, they'll be fine. If they're not fine, they probably shouldn't be out here anyway. It'll be fine. Don't worry. But yeah. you, I've um, run into, you know, several lightning storms or rainstorms, sleet, whatever, where I've run into hikers that um, don't have the wherewithal to get under a tree. Just simple things, yeah. um, you know, or build yeah. a fire. Like, you know, I, I build white man fires, like big fires. I like to be warm. So when the weather gets bad, <laughs> I'll build a fire wherever I'm at if I need to to stay warm. And, you know, yeah. I, I guess uh, maybe some of the people I've met are like, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah. What What do you mean you can do that? Yeah. One, they're like, well, animals get scared away. I'm like, 
maybe if you're five feet from them, they watch you do it. No, they're used to smelling a fire. And I said, besides that, they're not smelling a human. So if they go off a little ways, I mean, it's better than freezing to death, right? Like have some common sense about you. And I just don't know that. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of skip that. And that's good why Eastman's is there for people as well as what we do is for people to, you know, to learn from it. One of the things that, that we take for granted is all that knowledge. There's a lot of people that don't have that knowledge and there's a lot of growth in the hunting industry that, that do not have that knowledge. And, and I've, I say this all the time with YouTube, you should have that knowledge. There is a, I mean, you can learn to build a, the freaking space shuttle. If you wanted to off of YouTube, you should have some basic knowledge, how to start a fire in a rainstorm, how to, how to tie, you know, the five, the five knots that you need to know with bowling and, and square knot and all that stuff. You should know how to build a, a simple shelter in in the you know in the backcountry that can last weeks if you need it to. How to find food? What you can simple things like what you can eat and what you can't eat. You know, yeah, simple things. No, for sure. And but, I mean, what would you say? Not to get off subject to that, but still kind of on the same lines. One of the things that I've found. Uh, happens lately is and i'm not bashing on the physical fitness stuff that people are doing um meaning like the alpha bow hunting trained to hunt or or even let's say tack which isn't a physical fitness thing one of the things i try to stress to people is um you, you have like the different let's say there's four points to the compass of hunting and in north uh the northern part would be animal behavior that is extremely yeah. important and then let's say east yeah. is fitness Right. You got to You got to you got to be fairly fit. You don't have to be a machine, but you need to be fit, fit enough. Uh, And then south, you you need to have decent gear. You need to be able to, um, uh, you know, be able to stay out there or whatever the, you know, the case may be. And then over on the west side, you got shooting ability. You need to at least be competent with your weapon. All of those things, uh, most of those things can be bought. Right. You can buy gear and you can buy your weapon. Uh, North and East can't be bought. You cannot buy knowledge of animal behavior and you cannot buy fitness. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is it seems that animal behavior is getting overlooked far more than the other ones. Like fitness, gear, and and shooting seem to be the prime ones where everybody, I I heard you say agree and I was going to ask, what do you think about that? So here's, okay, so animal behavior definitely is overlooked and you you can have all the other stuff and not be successful but if you know animal animal behavior you will you will you increase your odds dramatically because i don't have to run to the top of the mountain if i know animal behavior and it's and it for instance it's it's uh it's 90 degrees and i'm elk hunting and i know that there's only there's only two spots in this basin that have water i don't have to run to the top of the of the mountain to See if there's elk up there. I know I can just hang out at the water. They're gonna be here because an elk's got to drink water. So you know, I could be I could be the most unfit person in the world and shoot an elk, where the most fit person in the world runs to the top of the mountain and finds out the elk are down in the water. That's animal behavior. You're right. There's two things you can buy: gear, gear, and your weapon. Um, fitness takes you know it it takes a lot of time to be fit enough to to uh, you know, backpack and, and do that stuff. But animal behavior is the hardest one for guys to do when they're not to do outside of actually spending the time in the hills. It's the hardest one. That's why it's overlooked, in my opinion. 
because you got to spend a ton of time in the hills around animals around um you know whatever you're hunting if it's elk deer antelope whatever knowing where they're going to be when why they're doing that and and understanding them and just knowing the knowledge you know having the knowledge to to uh to match wits with them and that's why you see a lot of guys you know i'm i'm the most fit hunter in the world and they're unsuccessful come come november you've never seen a post with them and a and a dead critter because they're they're missing they're missing that leg of the four-legged stool yeah no you're you're 100 percent correct and and again this isn't like a bash on anyone it, it's just maybe no. you know something for people to think about because i've got a lot of fat friends that are real successful real successful and i mean i give them shit because they're fat and then they give me shit because i don't shoot as big animals as they do but it's because they know animals i mean it's true i mean yeah and again when i say fat i'm just they're overweight they're not like they're obese but i'm meaning they're going to get to the top of the hill they may take twice three times as long as me but as they say all the time they're i mean they're all the time they're like that animal ain't going anywhere i mean it might but I guarantee it's not going to go anywhere, um, but, you know, because of something I did wrong. Like, I'll get up there, and I'm going to watch dummies that are running around scaring the shit out of them, and I'm going to shoot one when it comes in front of me. You know, they kind of simplify it, but truthfully, they already know where they're going because they know animal behavior. They know when to get there. They know when not to. And uh, and there's a lot of things I try to push to people where, you know, I'm like, hey— Try to take note. Don't make it, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Take note when you're back there. And I tell guys all the time, how do you think we're successful in the first one or two days of the hunt? We know where the animals are. We know where they're going to be. Even if it's black bear, we know they have to push that, 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 their butt plug out. They have got to get their stomach moving. I can narrow down 90% of the areas I don't want to look because there's not lush grass there. They have got to get... Yeah, there's nothing to get it moving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, or oh. when you get towards towards into the fall. All right, well, I know now, I just, I'm not hunting for bears. I'm hunting for berries. Once I find berries, yeah, the bear's going to be there. Yep. And that, things like that people don't really think about. I don't, I don't think anyway. A lot of people don't. I agree. And I think, you know, me and your fat friends, I'd, I'd rather spend my time out there learning learning the animal behavior. If nothing else, it's entertaining to me. And maybe it's just my my warped sense of, of entertainment. But I, I think it's really entertaining to sit and watch uh, animals. I was sitting here the other day, sitting right where I'm sitting right now, and there's in this little three-point buck and a doe were messing around in, in the field next door, in the cornfield that I, next door. And they were, and I was sitting here watching them messing around doing what they were doing. And you know, it's July. They're they've they don't have predators on their mind, uh, not a big deal. But they're constantly worried about everything around them, constantly. So much so that my wife drives in the parking lot or into on the the up the county road, and they're 600 yards away, and they both stop, stare at her until the vehicle's gone. They don't have to worry about her. They haven't had to worry about a human in nine months, but they're worried about her. Why? Why am I telling you this? It's because it's animal behavior. I, I, I want to watch deer do things that's entertaining. Yeah. Why are they doing that? Why are Why are they going in in the corn and then peeking out? Why are they in the alfalfa fields in the morning and not at night? Why are you know things like that? Yeah. Well, you know, we, it's, we it's, were just on this scouting trip, and you're talking about you know older mature bucks getting smart or whatever. You're talking about animal behavior. I'm. 
I'm watching one of the, you know, this buck's six and a half years old. I mean, he's, he, he's smart. Hikers come up the trail. Thing's been feeding in the same spot for an hour. Hasn't really moved. They're yelling and yipping. Right. I glass over there at the people. I look back down. Deer's gone. I mean, gone, gone. I, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I fucked that up. All right, let me find him. So I had repositioned, moved. This deer hit a drainage, and it, it wasn't by accident, to where he was totally hidden, went 400 yards in the opposite direction of where he was, and is now bedded in this strip of trees. And I mean, I'm, I've got the Hubble, and I've got nothing but time. It took me an hour and a half to find this buck from where he was, and he probably got there in three minutes. But nothing could yep. see him. I mean, he's smart, you know. Yep. But now he's I know. Escape, it was his escape route. He, yep. Yeah. I was just going to say, now I know where he's going, meaning like if yep. hikers come up the trail, like I hope, I told Frank, I said, I may scare that deer like that to get him where he was because he was not On safe purpose. where he bedded. Right. But that motherfucker was safe where I was watching him. There was no approachable spot. But I thought, you know what? Looking, I glassed. You could see five different yeah. beds in that strip of trees. So I know he's bedded there multiple yep. times. So And things like that, like I'm not hiking nine miles in for the greater good of my lungs. I'm hiking nine miles in to watch those <laughs> deer over and over and over so I can learn what they're doing, learn where they're bedding, learn where they're going. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that that's a great strategy. I've, I've seen deer do that a ton where, where you, some, something, maybe not me, but something spooks them out of their bed and they go in their, go into their escape route, lay down, watch their back trail and they'll lay there for 20 minutes, jump up and then go into their alternate bed. And, and if you, if you can utilize that, that's huge. Yeah. Well, we'll see that's if huge. I shoot the 155 inch four by four by camp or if I actually shoot one of these <laughs> other ones. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of strategy with the one by camp. I was looking at to, and chuckling to myself thinking, keep it in your pants, Snyder, Jesus. Because if I shoot one the first day, what am I going to do for the next four? There's a granola 14? bar out there feeding them every day. Oh, man. I, you can tell this deer, one, he is going to be huge because for the, the size of the buck that he is at his age is, is going to be big. But two, he doesn't know human danger you, you don't hang out on yeah. the trail when you know what i mean like these other bucks they've been shot yeah. at they know what they're doing but this guy yeah. he, he just did genetics so he's but. gonna be he's gonna be deer steaks in somebody's freezer yeah yeah and hopefully not mine and i keep it in my pants but uh <laughs> but man we're, we're about to hit an hour and 20 minutes man i should uh i should probably oh, get off the horn <laughs> God. I know. Yeah, I, got, well, I, got, I appreciate it. That, that went by fast. I just glanced down. I didn't know we'd been shooting the shit that long. So, well, cool, well, man. We'll definitely have fun. to get you back on again. Definitely, we'll get you back on at the yeah. end of the season. You'll see if you're making fun of me for shooting that thing or not, and uh, see how your season went. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll be making fun of me because I haven't. I won't have shot anything. So that'll be. It'll, it, we'll we'll go fair about their uh, turnabout's fair play. So we'll do that. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, slap Scott for me, definitely. And uh, if I don't talk to you, uh, good luck this season and tell hi to all your family. You too. Thanks, Snyder. Yep, take it easy.